So there were five women who came that first year and they were all having experiences with these other beings. And in each case, the beings were different from each other's experiences and what the beings did with them. I always have the person really take a look at the one being or the more beings that there are more and, and describe them. So There are so many supplements out there, it's confusing what's best for optimizing your health. Beyond getting your basic nutrition, if there's one vital ingredient for optimal health, it's carbon 60. Why? Because carbon 60 is the world's most effective supplement at reducing inflammation and increasing longevity. Inflammation is a major contributing factor of almost all disease, including Alzheimer's, asthma, cancer, heart disease, obesity, and COVID vaccine injury. If you are serious about your health, try Carbon 60. Be careful though, not all Carbon 60 supplements are equal. I recommend Carbon 60 by Live Longer Labs, the scientists who first brought you Carbon 60 that was suitable for human consumption. They were also first to bring you Carbon 60 in pill form, first to incorporate black seed oil and curcumin, and first to incorporate frequency technology that gives you full spectrum health. You can be confident that you will be buying the absolute best. Buy or learn more with the link below or go to sarahwestel.com under shop. Okay, I have seen you talk about, this is where it really gets cool, I, where you've talked about the different types of species that people have count, encountered and that there's like over 50. I don't know, you've counted all the different species. H how many have you encountered and are they all good? Some good, some bad? I mean, what is it that you've encountered? Well, it's quite a mixture. First of all, I don't really have an accurate number on how many different species have come up in people's regressions. Uh, but I, I would just, there are a lot. I would guess 50, 60, 70 uh, different types that people have described. And of course, the beings who interact with people, they don't say, oh, I'm an Arcturian or I'm an Andromedan, or I'm a Pleiadian, or I'm a little gray, or I'm a tall white. But those um, people sometimes do find out if they ask the beings, where are you from? The being might say, we, we are from Andromeda, or we are from one of the Pleiades planets or, or whatever. But usually, that information is not exchanged by the person having the experience and the beings. So um, what we go by is the people's descriptions. I always have of uh, the person, when I'm regressing a person, I always have the person really take a look at the one being or the more beings, if there are more, and, and describe them. So in other words, sometimes they will say, well, here I am, I'm lying on some sort of a chair. It seems like kind of a dental chair. And it, it's it's lowered back, my upper body is lowered back. And, or here I am lying on, on what seems like a, a hard table of some sort. And I'll say, is there anybody with you or are you by yourself? And the person will say, oh no, I'm not by myself. There's there are a few around, and I'll say, well, 
take a look at them and describe what you see. And they'll say, well, there's one over on my right who seems to be very short and he's kind of grayish color, sort of knobby skin. And I'll say, what about his face? And they'll describe the eyes and the feature. And I'll say, okay, how about, is he wearing any clothing? Uh, no, it doesn't seem like it. And then um, I'll have to say, well, is there anybody else there? Yes. And they'll describe each one of the beings. Very often, it's a variety of beings in one setting. And um, so, so we don't know the names of those beings, you know, Pleiadian, Arcturian, whatever, but we get the description. And only if the person asks the beings during the experience, only then do they, are they given a name for that type of species. But usually that doesn't happen in the experience, the person usually doesn't ask them. The person is usually, you know, surprised enough that this sort of thing is happening at all, um, that they don't. Now, one thing that I, I think is wonderful that is that when a person has a question to ask of the beings, they can do that. And even sometimes I suggest it. For instance, if if a person is having a medical type of examination, or maybe light is being used on the person's body. And I will say, <clears throat> do you understand what's going on? And the person usually will say, no, I don't. And I'll say, would you like to know what they're doing? And the person will usually say, yes, I would like to know. And I say, well, you can ask them, the ones who are right there with you, you ask, you can ask it out loud. What are you doing? Or why are you doing this? Or you can just ask that as a thought in your mind. Usually in these regressions that I do, uh, people will just ask in their mind. So there will be a pause for a moment or two. And then they'll say, oh, they're saying, like, for instance, they're checking my liver. They're detecting there's something wrong with my liver and they're going to go ahead and heal it. Or they're saying there's something wrong with a particular system in my body or my or organ. And they'll tell me to... Uh, be sure to tell my own doctor when I'm home again uh, to check that system or that organ because there may be a problem there. And when people have actually done that, you know, they've been returned to their home and eventually they'll go to their own doctor. And when that particular system or organ has been checked by the doctor, sure enough, it turns out that there is a problem with that system or organ. So the extraterrestrial beings have done them a favor by detecting that and warning them to get that checked. And even more often in the work that I have done, the regressions, um, the beings will detect something wrong in the person's body and will go right ahead and heal it. 
So sometimes a person will be in one of these experiences lying on a table surrounded by beings. And there's a lot of light uh, shining on their body or like a a roller, like a rolling pin of, of light coming up their torso and or various applications of light. And they will realize, especially if they ask, what are you doing? What is all this light? Uh, They realize that they are being healed of a particular physical malady. And, And those healings happen a lot. I've had lots of my... Wow. So is it all, in your experience, are they all good like that? Or have you, have they also encountered some some not so good? Is it a combination? Well, sometimes some of the beings seem to be more frightening, more threatening. Now I say seem to be. Some of them are, from our point of view, pretty darn scary looking. And, and yet they don't necessarily do bad things to people. But it, it's very common uh, for somebody to be scared for instance, to see a great big reptilian being, you know, who might be eight feet tall or even taller and big and husky and muscular, and then the, the reptile kind of skin. And um, some of those can seem very, and I underline seem, uh, very threatening. But I have never known out of the few thousand regressions I've done to extraterrestrial experiences. I've I've never known anybody to be harmed. How about um reproductive programs? Like are they impregnated and have children and all that yes. and take their children and then experiment on their children and they don't get their children back? That's a very common program that many of the species are engaged in. Uh, the reproductive program. Yes, so many, many women, girls, women, and boys, men, um, realize if they really want to look into it, especially with regression, uh, they realize that their eggs from the females have been taken, or some of their eggs, and sperm from the males and apparently uh, mixed together um, by the beings, like creating a little embryo. And then they add their genetics to that embryo. So the embryo becomes hybridized, you know, with some extraterrestrial influence and, of course, mostly human. And um, those little embryos are then put back in the woman on another occasion. It's already an embryo uh, with the DNA from the beings. And she will gestate that for, oh, just maybe a month and a half or two, two and a half months. And then uh, that will be taken from her. Usually the women are not aware of this. They're, They're not in consciousness when these things are going on. But we do, um, find them sometimes in regressions yeah, and then they had uh, they were pregnant and hadn't had a miscarriage yes yes so i 
cannot tell you how many women spend a few thousand now, uh, women whom I have met who were at some point in time, uh, were pregnant for a while. And in some cases, it's completely baffling. Like that, like maybe they haven't even been with a man for a long time, or maybe ever. And then they're and pregnant, her, and then suddenly not. Yeah. So, it, so with some people, it's a complete mystery. Well, how did I get pregnant? I mean, I haven't even been with anybody, you know. And, and then, then, how did I not get pregnant then, too? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. How did, I mean, when you have a miscarriage, you have a miscarriage versus just not. Yeah, yes. Well, I, I just want to add to this thought. Sometimes um, a woman is married and maybe they have not been planning to have a child and maybe they've even been using birth control, but still she realizes she's pregnant, but at least she's married and, and she's been with a man, you know, so it makes sense that that could have happened. It was unlikely, but it could have happened. But um, with people who've never been with a man, that's a total mystery. So anyway, whether the woman has been with a man or not, here she is pregnant. And she'll go to the doctor and that will always be confirmed. Yes, indeed, she is pregnant. And, um, and then she realizes after two or two and a half or so months, usually before three months, that suddenly one day she wakes up and no, she doesn't feel those pregnant feelings anymore. And and as she continues on, uh, she realizes that I really don't think I'm pregnant anymore, but I didn't have any possible indication of having a miscarriage. So she'll go to the doctor again, just to be sure. And he'll say, no, 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 you're not pregnant now. And um, when did you have your miscarriage? And she'll typically say, no, I, I didn't have a miscarriage. And to say, well, when did you have your abortion? She said, I did not go for an abortion. I would certainly remember that. And uh, But it's gone. So the doctor will sometimes say, because he doesn't know what else to say, um, he will say, well, you know, sometimes the, the embryo pulls away from the wall of the uterus and just gets absorbed into the rest of the woman's body. So don't worry, it seems to be safe. and But it is kind of a shock to for the woman to realize that she's no longer pregnant. Sometimes, many times, it's a relief because she hadn't planned that pregnancy and hadn't really wanted that. So anyway, uh, in the meantime, that little embryo has been taken by the beings from that woman, taken up onto their spaceship, and put into a tank of fluid. Uh, women who've had regressions to those experiences uh, are aware that the embryo is put into what looks like a pretty good size um, glass tank that has tubes and wires coming from it collected, connected to some sort of machinery, which is probably... Um, you know, guiding the temperature and maybe the uh, content of the solution that the embryo is in. And and that women who have seen these in some of their experiences 
have seen like a whole collection of these tanks. Sometimes on a big pole, there'll be these different tanks with with babies growing in them. Do they look like human? Development. No, they look well. They from a glance, they look like a human embryo, fetus, baby developing, depending on how far along in development they are. But then when the people um, look at them more closely, they realize, well, their faces don't exactly look like human babies, but it's hard to tell. Just like seeing babies in the womb with a uh, sonogram here on earth, looking at human babies, you know, the, the babies don't really look the way that they're going to look when they're born. Um, their heads uh, are much, much bigger and um, their features look more distorted when they're still in the womb. <clears throat> and uh, so that's how uh, these babies would look too. But when they are born, that is taken out of the tank, um, then they usually look a little bit different than a human baby. The overall form will be like a human form, but usually the heads are a little bit bigger, the eyes are a little bit bigger, noses are a little bit smaller, mouths are smaller, and so forth. The skin color may be a little different, maybe more pale, maybe more toward a gray tone, um, depending on the species or a blue tone, if it's a more of a blue species involved here. Do we know what their agenda is? Do we know why they're doing this? Well, they have, um, in the course of the work that I've done, there have been about 15 different reasons we have found out through regressions, 15 different reasons why uh, that beings have given. In other words, a different species will give a different reason um, for doing this hybridization. Uh, the most commonly heard one is that the species is dying out and they want to save their species. So they want the younger generation to be mixed with a sturdier kind of body, which we humans have sturdier than some of their bodies depending on the species. And so they they combine with the human ingredients uh, in making these hybrids so that their following generations will tend to be more strong, more able to live life. So that's, that's one of the reasons. Um, another reason is that um, to, over the millennia, they have been losing their ability to reproduce their own kind. Uh, they, uh, one group said that they had been doing so much cloning for so many millions of years that they've simply lost the ability to reproduce naturally. And they want to regain that because they know that the clones, for one thing, don't live as long as they would like to have them live. And that's apparently true on earth too. I have recently become aware. Um, 
So they so, genetically manipulated their own species for too long and messed up their their foundation of their their ability to really reproduce. Right, and probably other and, things as well. Probably what? It probably messed up other things as well because you don't have that really broad gene pool. Right. Yes. And so um, some of these species are are threatened with becoming extinct. And they don't want to do that. And they feel that it's better to be co combined with humans and to at least exist partially. That's so interesting. What What are the other reasons why they're doing this besides that? Yes, well, some of them have said that they would like to have the human quality of emotion that some of the species have just completely bred out any trace of emotion at all. And they are aware uh, that humans have a lot of emotion, a whole variety of emotion, and that it makes our lives very interesting. And when you think about it, uh, what would life be like without any emotion? It wouldn't have all the verve and the zest for better and for worse. Uh, so anyway, some of them would like to add that component. Some of them would like to add the human component of creativity because they realize that like what is behind you right now, um, all these beautiful arts, arts and music and dance and poetry and writing and, you know, many, many kinds of creativity that that we have that many of those species don't have. They're very efficient. Uh, they're very mechanically able. Uh, their technology, in many cases, is absolutely fantastic. But they they don't have that overall creativity, and they don't have anything like arts or even the emotion to appreciate the arts. You see, a lot of these species out there even though they're millions and millions of miles away, they have the ability to look in on us humans. I don't know if they do a process similar to our remote viewing, but they have a remote knowing and they know an awful lot about us, so much more about us than, than we possibly know about them. Although we're you know, slowly through these regressions, uh, building more and more awareness about them as much as we can. I've had some people say that we're moving to a point where we're going to cohabitate with them. Is that something that you believe? I think that uh, that's a possibility. Uh, I would think that that would be in quite a distant future. Uh, but as you see, there's always the the challenge that our planet uh, is not one that they can that most of them can live on, or they couldn't live on it very long. Uh, we have a different density. We have a different air component. Uh, we have different bacteria and viruses and so forth that they would not have any defense. Against. So it would be very difficult for them to come and live here. 
Um, and it would be very difficult for us to go and live on their planets because of the differences. So unless we or they really develop over time to have enough components of each other's environments, uh, we probably would not survive there. Now, there are exceptions to what I'm saying because there are a number of cases in which people have had the experience of working for years even, um, working in a facility here on Earth with someone from another planet. Uh, one of those is a well-known William Tompkins, who is here in San Diego as an aerospace engineer. And he did very, very high-level work, a very brilliant man. And um, he had two secretaries that sort of followed him from job to job, very beautiful-looking young women. That's how they appeared. But he was convinced over time that they were really from another planet. Because Why? they all of this technical material that he at his high level and all the other high-level aerospace engineers, they would get to a point in developing their work when they would get to a barrier. They, they it just couldn't seem to go further in development with creating that work. But one of these young women would just come and whisper in his ear just exactly the technical detail he needed to continue with that invention. And that happened many, many times. And these secretaries also, who looked like very beautiful young women, they looked fully human, uh, but they did these unusual things. Like they would suddenly tell him that uh, they had arranged an appointment tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. in Washington, D.C. He was in California. Um, and uh, that it was all arranged with the, the head of the such and such program at the, the Pentagon. In other words, they, these young women uh, would be arranging all of these things for him to facilitate his work, to support his work. And, and they did this for years. And they, they were beyond him. They were like beyond what a secretary would be. Oh, I mean, they just, it was almost like he was working for them. Right. Well, I mean, they were very um, respectful letting him do and the rest of the engineering team uh, to do all the very high level work they were doing. But when they were stuck, when they couldn't get past a certain point, then one of them would come and say, here's, here's what you need. Or have you thought about this? Or try this, and it would then it would be successful. So uh, that went on for years and years. And these young women, did they age? By the way, never got older. No, he because after a while, um, I guess he moved on to a different company and didn't see them anymore for a few years, several years. And then he went to a restaurant one day and he saw these two women who had both been secretaries with him and they absolutely looked 
flawlessly the same. Oh, that's so interesting. It's such an interesting topic. I, I, I wonder if, um, you know, some people think that the greys or some of these other beings are really avatars for these, like they, they can't live on this planet. So they've created these, these beings, which are the small greys that they use as avatars for them to come here and live amongst us. Well, I don't know of any little greys who are living amongst us. But I, um, but that's what I mean, like they can actually ha- be on the planet without a problem. Well, as far as as far as I know, uh, they can come for a few minutes. Okay. They can come in to uh, take the person from wherever the person is in bed or on the beach or in the middle of a party or wherever the person is. When it's their time to go, the beings come switch everybody else off out of awareness and take the person and the the people who were with that person, like in the middle of a group of some sort, they're just, you know, kind of stopped whatever they were doing for the time the person is gone, an hour, hour and a half, two hours is typical. And then when the person is brought back, into the exactly where taken from, then everybody is switched on again. The beings leave, they get out of sight, but then everybody huh, comes to. And then gradually they realize, wow, where did that last two hours go? How did that time go by so far? They don't even know that any of that happened. So, but the beings had not been here very long. That's the point that I'm getting to, even with all that other interesting information. What do you think of the people who said that they've had crash beings and they analyzed them and they're almost like they're synthetic skin and they're not, they're like robots or something? Yes. Well, some of the beings do seem uh, to be partly robotic and partly living. So some of them uh, that are on the ships uh, will be described by people in the regressions. Uh, well, that one seems, you know, all there are different types of beings here, and um, some of them are definitely living, living and moving. And but a couple of them over here, oh, they almost seem like robots. Then and I say, well, take a good look at them, and and see what you think. And um, and they, they look further and say, well, you know, it's confusing because they seem sort of robotic and yet they also seem to be living. So maybe they are a combination. Well, wouldn't you think you of know, our natural progression of our development, we're creating robots that are probably going to be partially living too. Well, that could be. I mean, I think things are going in that direction here. We we hear reports of that. So maybe that's a possibility. It it probably depends on the proportion, the proportion of robotic AI um and versus the proportion of of living tissue. Oh yeah. And some people think they're gonna transhumanism and all this stuff, they're gonna turn us into that. But there's there's also a a, a frame of thought that the, there's government programs that are taking people 
and doing this. And then they're projecting ideas in their head and it's not really an abduction by a group of aliens. And other people think it's a, it's both that there is government and there's, what is your belief on all that? Well, some of the people who have what I consider genuine extraterrestrial experiences on some occasions, on other occasions, some of these people are taken by humans to underground bases. We call that my labs, M-I-L-A-B-S, uh, meaning for military facilities, military type of laboratory. And they always seem to be underground. And um, those are those are really abductions that humans somehow get into the person's house and take them to the underground bay, take them in a van, usually with no windows. So the per- sometimes the person has a blindfold, so they're not allowed to see where they're going. So they can't report that to anybody later. And um, and in these facilities, um, there are mostly people. And very often they seem to have military uniforms on. And um, also in many of these situations, there might be one or two extraterrestrial being in that facility with them. And it seems from the people I have regressed to those types of experiences, it seems like they are really studying these people who are taken by the other beings to find out various things like what happened to the people. Often they will question the person. What what happened when you were taken onto a spaceship? What were the beings like? What kind of beings were they? What did they do to you? What is the effect on you? Oh, that makes sense. What are the skills you learn? Because, for instance, one woman years ago, um, we had done some regressions to her being taken by the extraterrestrials. And with one of the group that she kept getting taken to on the spaceship, they were teaching her different symbols on on blocks, like children's blocks of wood with a symbol on each time. And they were training her to remember these symbols. They're not symbols that we have on earth that she recognized from here. So they wanted to know about that. How much could she remember uh, the symbols and, and what did she understand that the symbols meant? Um, also, she was taught by the beings on the spacecraft to move things with her minds. Just think, you know, stare at an object and move it without ever touching it. And she got pretty good on the spaceship at doing that. They started. Could she, could she do it with you? Uh, I never did have her do it with me, but okay. uh, but she uh, was able to do it. And then when she was taken to an underground base in one of those experiences by humans, they tested her on moving things with her mind. And she moved, you know, like a feather and a paper clip and then a piece of paper and then a piece of cardboard and, you know, gradually getting heavier and heavier. And then they tested her with moving a pistol, a gun 
you know, heavy metal gun. And at that point, uh, oh, she did not feel happy about that. She felt that maybe she was being trained by the humans to move weapons. And she she didn't want to do that. She in fact she just she just refused. I'm not gonna move that gun. Maybe she could have, I don't know, but um, but she she refused to. You know, you know, this this was not fun and games anymore. You know, well, so, so anyway, so, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, people are uh, trained. Even little children um, have reported being sitting on a floor on a spacecraft with other, maybe another uh, human child there, and with little ET children and with hybrid children, and um, they. Uh, Playing with next to the hybrid. Yeah, they're like sitting in a circle on the floor and two ETs standing, adult ETs, observing the whole thing. And these children sitting in a circle on the floor, this mixture of children, they are trained to move things with their minds. So they will start with something very light, like a very small light feather or a little clump of... of of hair, something very, very light, but physical. And then and they will be taught to, from their position in the circle, taught to not use their hands or anything, but just stare at that thing and imagine that it's moving to the other side of the circle. And then when they can all do that, then they're given something heavier, like one child said, we started with this little feather, and then they gave us a little paper clip, one of the little plastic paper clips that are even lighter than the metal paper clips. And then we had to look at that and really concentrate and move that across the circle with our minds. And then the child went on to describe how then they were given a, a small piece of paper to move, and then a bigger piece of paper, then a piece of cardboard, and then um, then a balloon, and then eventually um, they were taught to move a big basketball size ball across the circle, and to with their minds to lift it up in the air and move it across the circle. Have you seen any of them apply it? when they get back and do it in their regular life? No, I haven't seen that, but I have known of uh, children learning healing, like energy healing with their hand, like Reiki healing. And um, and that when they've come back and somebody has had a cut or something, suddenly, you know, an injury of some sort, that the children have just, without saying anything, just automatically get their hands up and and do um, healing. There's a lot of heat coming from their hands, and they're also doing movement that is described looking like uh, tai chi or qigong movement while sending the energy out. And whatever the the injury is of the person, or sometimes it's an animal, uh, a cut or whatever, it heals right then and there 
So wow. they, and, they, they and you've seen, much. you've seen that or heard about that. Yes. I know somebody. Wow. Who, okay. Who what do you think, was- what do you think about before we end this? Cause I, I have to ask you, what do you think about what's happening now in Congress with them starting to come talk about UFOs? Many people believe that this is uh, not, and people don't trust the the government. They've they haven't really earned trust over the years, and that they believe that this is a false flag or some kind of made up scenario, or they're just doing some kind of operation. What are your beliefs on that? Well, I think it's a mixture of things. I I I happen to have been sent a recording of the hearing yesterday and um, stayed up very late at night to listen to it. And I was very, very impressed with the witnesses and their testimonies uh, talking about what they have seen and what they have known. And I think it was mostly, I think it's absolutely wonderful that all of this information was testified in Congress, it was a very respectful um, hearing. Uh, everybody was treated very, very well. The people, the witnesses who testified, and a lot of a lot of information came out about the reality of these objects flying around in our skies and not being anything that human beings have been capable of making. So, all of that was good, and it was even mentioned about extraterrestrials that that whoever is uh flying these crafts um could not be human and they must be something else from elsewhere so that so that was really good uh there's the other side of this though that um i am personally not happy about which is that it th- this information could be used so easily uh, to create a, a big sense of threat that we're threatened by these objects flying around and that therefore uh, we need to spend billions and billions more dollars to develop weapons to shoot them down, you know, as if they're a threat to the earth. Um, and I do not see any reason historically and even now to to think that any of these crafts are really a threat to us or they're and so much farther advanced than us it would it's kind of like oh, silly almost oh yes and 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 many people have said and i agree that they're so far ahead of us technologically that they could have long ago could have taken out the earth they could have totally captured the earth uh, we could be enslaved by them. Uh, they could have destroyed uh, all of us, life on Earth. They could have destroyed the Earth itself with the capabilities they have. And they haven't. Well, some they people haven't. say that we're actually a zoo for them and we kind of are captured because <laughs> they're kind of <laughs> testing us and analyzing us and watching us and, and it's entertainment for them and I think it's more than entertainment. I I, I agree with what you just said, but um, I think that a lot of them have genuine interest in us. A lot of them, at least that come through my regression work, 
are very, very concerned about Earth and what we humans are doing to the Earth. How we are really ruining the Earth. They're very concerned about that. I, I think it's much more a matter of extraterrestrials being concerned, uh, wanting us to not use nuclear weapons. Yeah, yeah. A number, a number of them have said in the regressions I've done that they are afraid that we're going to start setting off nuclear weapons. And the proliferation from that not only is going to threaten all life on Earth, which they don't want to see, bless you, but they, uh, they, the nuclear proliferation would spread out through the whole solar system and beyond the solar system. So all of these other planets will be affected if we start setting off nuclear weapons. So they're very, very concerned about that for our own sake and even for their sake. There's nothing good about nuclear weapons. I mean, it's just <laughs> nothing good. Well, yeah. I, uh, I so much appreciate, would you stay for about 10 minutes or even longer to just talk about the most interesting, some of the most interesting regressions that you've done for my members and um, then we can finish up this and just do a quick additional segment for my members. Yes, well, um, one of them involved, one of the types uh, involves the hybridization program.